Well, I believe that women have always had struggles and have always had to work hard to keep their homes and their families and their lives going. I really believe that the women of today are struggling physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I have noticed this in my own personal life, in my friendship circle, and obviously have noticed it in my work and with the clients that I work with. And I think that there are numerous reasons for this, which today's episode is going to look into. I invite you during this episode to pick out those that feel relevant to you. And by doing so, think about ways that you might be able to change this so that you have the freedom to break free from the struggle that we're in and to find the space to be physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually well and to just be as healthy as you can be. Are you feeling overrun and wrung out by the juggle of being a working mum? Do you just wish that you could be calmer and more patient at work and when you come home to your family, but there are so many things that need to be done and there are so many expectations on you? Do you wish you just had the space and the time and the capacity to be able to make choices that you know would leave you feeling healthier and happier, but you just don't have any wiggle room? Welcome to the Managing Mum podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, a working mum of two with a very busy, very active life. As a qualified personal trainer and a well-being coach, and as a mum who has felt all of these things, my aim is to help you learn how to manage the juggle so that you can feel healthier and happier and lighter, and you can build great relationships at work and at home, and so that you can move closer to that ever-elusive work-life balance. While I may well offer suggestions such as taking a bubble bath, I'm also going to help you figure out how to do it without feeling guilty. So run that bath, tie up your mum bun and lock the bathroom door. We're learning how to juggle. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to say thank you so much to all of you who have listened to these first few months of the Managing Mum podcast. It has been a real, real joy to share and to learn a lot myself as I have gone along. And I'm just really, really loving being in this space. I'm loving engaging with you. I'm loving hearing back from you who are leaving reviews and leaving questions. Please continue to do so. Let me know what's working, what's not working for you. And just thank you for being a part of this wonderful, wonderful journey that I am on. Without further ado, though, let's get into this week's episode. This podcast is not meant to be a place of misery that says that being a woman in this modern time is so awful and that we're all so stressed and overwhelmed that we can't enjoy our lives. But it is a place for awareness and a place for growth and a place for feeling like you are not alone. So I thought that today I would offer up this list of reasons why we are feeling these things, to give us a chance to think about what we could do to move towards a healthier way of being, a way of being that serves us better so that we don't struggle along and limp along, but so that we can really, really enjoy our lives as modern women. So the first of these is that we give away our energy because of all the expectations on us. 
This period of time that we live in has us always in demand, always being asked for something to be done or somebody else's needs to be met. And it's quite hard to actually determine what really matters, what we really have to do, and what can be delegated. I think that we are a generation that is bridging the gap between the more traditional roles of women and a much more equal sharing of those womanly <laughs> pink tasks, if you will, while we take on more of the providing role that was traditionally for the men of the household. Certainly in a lot of households I know of, we still do the majority of the pink jobs as well as having full-time careers. We're constantly expending energy at home, at work, juggling, managing, thinking, carrying a mental load and an emotional load. And I often wonder when we spend time actually refueling, when we spend time just filling up our tank so that we can move forward, we can actually have the energy that we need to fulfill all the expectations on us. So that first one, we give away our, our energy because of all the expectations on us. Number two, we carry, as I've said, the mental and emotional load for our whole household. As women, I really believe that we carry the mental and emotional load not just of ourselves, but of those around us too. This might not necessarily be in our immediate family. There might be someone at work who needs help, or there might be someone in our extended family who is struggling. There might be a friend who's come to us for help. And as mothers, I believe that there's a natural inclination to care for and to nurture our children also in a different way to that of our husbands. I know that my husband is very happy to follow my lead in the emotional care of our children, but I am the one reading articles and following accounts on social media. I'm the one attending parent-teacher meetings. I'm the one wondering if they're okay, if they have enough warm clothes on, where their hats are, etc., etc. This is not at all to say that he's a bad dad. Certainly, he comes from an environment where, in his own upbringing, this was what his mum did. And I think that as a result of that, these are the expectations that he has of me. In other households, it may be different, but I also think that because of our makeup and because of our relationship biologically to our children, we are the ones that hold this load. We are the ones that carry it as we go through our day-to-day -day lives. Just having to think about all of these practical things in itself is depleting, but coupled with the other mental and emotional loads we might carry, including that of our spouse and our own, we might find that every now and again we are just buckling under the load of all of the thoughts, all of the feelings that we are holding up and holding onto for everyone around us. The third thing that I think we do as women in this modern age is to give up sleep, to get things done, or just to actually have a little bit of time for ourselves. I don't know about you, but for me, sleep is one of the most important things that allows me to be the mother and the person that I want to be. I literally panic when I don't have enough or when I feel like I'm not going to have enough. 
And I think that we don't get enough. I think there is so little time in the day to either get everything done or to just have time for ourselves that we end up staying up later than we should. We're either sacrificing this precious sleep for the to-do list or for that last episode of our series on Netflix that we only got to once everything else had been done. I woke up at five o'clock this morning just to have that peaceful hour before the children get up in order to add one more hour to the busy day so that I could get my work done. And I know that we need to work. We need to ensure that our home is taken care of. We need to make sure that the children have all they need as well as our attention and our care and our active engagement. And we need to make sure that we meet our deadlines, that we do our work to the best of our ability. So our sleep becomes that thing that we forego in order to keep all those balls in the air, in order to keep juggling and keep on keeping on, really. So think about the times that you might give up on sleep to make sure that you fit everything in or to just have a little bit of you time. The fourth thing is that we keep going, we keep moving forward, looking like we're holding it all together when we really are struggling. The modern woman leads this crazy busy life of family, work, socializing, trying to look after their health, doing the things that they enjoy, and life is busier than ever. And there is just this pressure, I think, to say yes to so much. And while everyone else looks like they're holding it together, I think we feel the pressure to hold it together too. We pass each other at a social event and we smile and we make small talk. And inside there's this mental and physical and hormonal chaos going on. I closed my big black rolling gate the other evening and I thought to myself, it is so sad that I'm closing my gate to keep me in this little cocoon of chaos rather than actually being in a space where we can share this all with other people and be open and vulnerable and authentic about the fact that it is sometimes just really hard. I think we do share this uh, by sending each other Instagram stories and reels that speak to us and we all laugh about it and say, oh yes, I know that. But when do we really say to each other, face to face or voice note to voice note, I'm finding this really hard. I'm really struggling. We are incredibly lucky if we do have the space to do that. But I think that a lot of people don't. One of my closest friends lives in Zimbabwe and we voice note, if not every day, then every second day during the week. On the weekends, it gets a little bit busy and we want to be focusing on our family. But it is in this relationship that I know that I have the space to share and to be vulnerable because first of all, of the way that the relationship is. But also, I think, because we both have time in the car to respond and to listen to one another. I don't think we have many relationships like this in our day-to-day -day lives because I believe that often our friendships at this time of our lives, at this kind of crazy juncture where we are juggling work and small or teenage children 
where we are trying to keep the household together as well as keep ourselves on top in the workplace. Relationships here can become passing conversations in the school parking lot or at a birthday party or at a meetup where there are probably also husbands and children running around and there's not really that space and that time to really check in and really be vulnerable with each other. Number five is that I think that we innately believe that everyone else is more important to us. We want everyone else in our lives to really thrive. We love it when we see our family and our friends doing well. I think sometimes we don't necessarily hold this to be equally as important for ourselves. Why is everyone else's level of thriving so much more important to us than our own is? We need to change this narrative. We need to really recognize that we too are incredibly worthy of the things that we wish for for others. This is where I believe that our choices around what we want so quickly get pushed aside and replaced by guilt and thoughts that we're being selfish and that we shouldn't want or need anything for ourselves. I thought about this point when it came up for me and I wondered, will anybody actually agree that they fit into this category? Did I agree that I fit into this category of believing that everyone else is more important than myself? And I then looked at what I do push aside in terms of my own needs to make sure that everyone else's are met. There are many of my own needs that I do make sure get met, but this has really come with doing my own work, really getting to know what they are and then making sure that they are met. And often this is to make sure that I am able to then meet everybody else's needs. But I do notice that there are still some needs that I put aside, push aside to make sure that everybody else around me in my home, in my workplace is thriving. Number six is that we are juggling full-time work with home and childcare. There are so many of us that are juggling full-time work with the majority of the home chores as well as the mental and the emotional load that I mentioned earlier. And more often than not, women are shouldering much of the household practical chores, as well as the decisions about what goes on at home and with the children. I do think that we probably need to become a little bit better at delegating. We need to get better at taking a stand, at demanding that all of this doesn't continue to fall on us if it is. Some households are not like this and have a much better balance. And often it is because we want to control things that we end up being in this state. But at the end of the day, we are responsible for what we choose to take on. I am preaching to myself here too, just as much as I'm talking to you. And I'm aware that for me, it is very much that question of control, as well as my expectations that lead me into this situation that lead me into this place where I am holding on to everything, that where I am carrying everything, where I am shouldering so much of the burden at work and at home. But I still believe that the expectation that women will take on certain responsibilities at home, as well as the added responsibilities that she has at work, is at play here. And we need to get better at actually drawing up our boundaries, saying no, asking for help, so that the juggle is not so intense and exhausting. The seventh point I wanted to make here is that I just think that we lack solitude, we lack silence, we lack the stillness 
that we so desperately need to be able to really, really look after ourselves and engage in life. I love people, but one of the things I long for more than anything at the moment is a weekend in my own home on my own. I think that the solitude and the stillness and the silence that I am longing for can be the antidote to the busy, busy, busy lives that we all lead. It can help us to come back to what we believe to be important. For me, I don't want to go away to a retreat or some other place. I long for that solitude and that silence in the comfort of my own home, where I can get to choose what I want to do with my day, what I spend my time on. And, you know, we saw it during COVID where people found life so much more manageable and enjoyable when we had that time and the space to slow down and to find some stillness. The rush, the busyness, the stimulation that we experience on a day-to-day basis robs us of the silence and the stillness we long for. And it's exhausting when we stay stuck in this cycle day after day after day. And on that note, number eight is that we have actually normalized, I think, this crazy busyness. It's how I notice we answer the question, how are you? I've started to take note of every time I ask someone how they are and they say, oh, I'm so busy. Or if I answer, oh, so busy, because this is kind of our normal state these days. We're busy, we're running, we're always on the go. It's almost like not being busy would be a swear word. What would people think if I told them that I had spent Monday morning reading my book and on Monday afternoon I had a nap and then I went for a lovely walk? They would probably be pretty jealous, actually, but I would never do that because I probably think that people would judge me if that was something that I did do. Or I would be judging myself if that was something that I did do. Because I think busyness has become the accepted way of being. I find myself, if I'm not busy, writing endless lists of all the things that I need to do and adding all sorts of things to that list that really are not actually that important. Or as I have done so often, actually taking on other roles or clients in order to fill up the time that I have so that I am busy. And I I wonder what this achieves. I'm not sure what it does achieve, except to make me feel like I am achieving something, I suppose, and like I am adding value somewhere all the time. Even this need to be busy comes with point number nine, which is caring too much what other people think and comparing ourselves. I think that caring about what other people think about us and comparing ourselves to others is seriously depleting. And what I have realized is that mostly they aren't really thinking about us anyway. I've learned in my own work around comparison and my own comparison to others that everyone is just getting on with their own lives and has so much to think about that when I am not in their vicinity, they are really not thinking about me at all. They are caught up in their lives, they're caught up in their busyness, and there's actually a real freedom that comes in taking our focus off other people, off what they might be thinking about us, and putting our focus onto our own lives. Who do I want to be? What do I want to think about myself? 
What kind of person would make me into the person I would compare myself to and want to be more like? In a way, this is an incredible opportunity to actually be a little bit more self-centered or not self-centered, but maybe more self-focused. Imagine using the time and the energy that you spent on what others think and what others are doing focused on what you are doing well, where you can achieve and what you are achieving. Imagine how incredibly life-giving this would be. Or focus on where you would like to go, how you would like to be, and then work towards achieving that. And the 10th and final point that I wanted to make today is that I think that there is for us as women in this modern world an inability to delegate. I am so guilty of this one. I think I can do everything myself and I I really believe there's a pride in this which makes it really hard to put down. But I also know that I can't do it all. I have a friend who always says to me, you can do anything, but not everything. And she is so right. I'm so much better off when I delegate and free up space to focus on what I'm actually really good at. When we delegate, we also give other people the opportunity to step up and to support us and I really think that a big part of relationships is being vulnerable and allowing others to help and support. So when we delegate, we're really building up a relationship. When we can say, I'm just finding this all too much, could you please help me here? It's not so much an instruction, I don't think, but an asking for help. If you are anything like me, I really invite you to move past the pride and the desire to be in control. To be able to give tasks away to others, whether you might call it delegating, whether you call it asking for help, whatever it might be. And if this is too difficult for you to do, spend some time being curious about this. Why is this hard for me? What does it mean for me to ask for help? And what does it mean for me to do everything myself? And then start small. Start by giving away one small task at a time. I could go on and on and on with this list, but these are just 10 reasons why I believe that we are finding life harder and more tiring than it should be as women in this modern day and age. All of the points on this list add to our physical, mental and emotional exhaustion and ill health as we run around being, doing, trying to be and do everything, rather than actually being present in this moment and finding the joy in those random small moments, like like the sun that's shining on my back right now, or the delicious first cup of coffee in the morning. So my invitation is to recognize which of these might apply to you and to think about what you can do to change it. And while you're doing that, please feel free to share this episode with any other modern woman who could use this reminder to let go of the expectations and the noise and to just be still and present right now. Have a wonderful day. I hope you find some moments to be still to re-energize and to find some joy in your life today. 
It is a real honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you sharing what I have experienced and everything that I have learned. And it can get quite lonely on this side of the mic. So if you have enjoyed this podcast or if you've found anything useful in it, I would so appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It really lets me know that I actually am making an impact, which is the best thing for me. And if you know of any other mums that you think might like this podcast, any mums who are managing it all, so basically all of them, please share this podcast with them so that we can build a village of happy, healthy mums. <laughs>